This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Sport of Pro Wrestling podcast. I am Chris Samsa, and this is your New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Climax 30 Night 1 Preview. The first night of G1 Climax 30 kicks off with A-Block action on September 19th from Edion Arena in Osaka. The card is headlined with the third match in 13 months between former IWGP heavyweight champion Kazuchika Okada and last year's G1 Climax winner Kota Ibushi. Also on the card, Bullet Club leader Switchblade Jay White returns to Japan to face off against Shingo Takagi. Tomohiro Ishii versus Never Openweight Champion Minoru Suzuki. Taichi and Jeff Cobb face off against each other in each of their second G1 Climax. And Will Ospreay makes his triumphant return to Japan and kicks off his second G1 against Yujiro Takahashi. Now, I'm going to make sure that um, I walk through all of my statistics and research and notes that I've got for this particular card in just a minute, but I thought it was probably a good idea to take this uh, opportunity and kind of explain what I'm going to do with um, the Sport of Pro Wrestling podcast at first. So, um, like I said, this is your G1 Climax 30 preview. Uh, for night one. So what I'm going to do every night is kind of walk through where we're at in the tournament. Um, so that means kind of block scores, um, some major overview of, of some statistical pieces, and then kind of run through a preview of um, each of the matches. So any any kind of key notes that I've got, any key pieces, you know, catch you up on really what's going on, whether you've been watching the tournament or you're just kind of familiar with the guys or you just you need a, an overview of, of where we're at right now. So um, I think that, you know, maybe we're looking at 20, 25 minutes for each uh, each episode to really just get you caught up, get you squared up on what's going on and maybe give you some really cool details to look at as we uh, we go through these cards. So now that we've got all that out of the way, let's start talking about G1 Climax 30. So normally at about this time in the in the show, I'll be talking about the block standings. I will walk you through kind of who's uh, leading the block and who's trailing and kind of if anyone's got a good streak going or um, where we're at kind of on the wins, losses, draws, the real simple stuff. Um, we may talk a little bit about kind of statistical anomalies uh, that are happening throughout the tournament or throughout a single block at this point too. But of course, it's night one, so we don't have any of that. So what I'm going to do is talk a little bit about A Block and um, the wrestlers competing before I go into each of the individual matches today. So um, A Block is kind of headlined by Kota Ibushi. Uh, it's his sixth entry, his fourth consecutive, and uh, he was the 2019 G1 Climax winner. He did defeat Jay White in the finals last year. And he's uh, joined in A-Block by the man that he challenged via that victory last year, Kazuchika Okada. So, Kazuchika Okada, uh, ninth entry, ninth consecutive. He was the 2012 and 2014 G1 Climax winner. Uh, over the last five G1s, he has averaged 13 points, which uh, leads all of competitors. And... Um, this is his only his second G1 in the last six years where he's not entering as the IWGP heavyweight champion. 
Joining them in the block is Tomohiro Ishii, his eighth entry, his eighth consecutive. We've got Minoru Suzuki, his ninth entry, his first in two years. He's the current never openweight champion. We've got Jay White, his third entry, his third consecutive. Uh, Jay White was in the finals against Kota Ibushi last year. And then we've got Yujiro Takahashi, his seventh entry and his first in five years. And then all those guys are joined by uh, four second-time entries. So we've got Jeff Cobb, Will Ospreay, Shingo Takagi, and Taichi, all entering their second G1 tournament, all in the A block. So A block is a... Uh, a block of really kind of fresh competitors. We've got um, a bunch of second time, second time competitors, some fresh matchups that we'll talk about along the way. And uh, I think we're going to see some really impressive stuff from this block. So, and we're certainly starting out with um, a, a top tier main event in a block with Kazuchika Okada versus Kota Ibushi. So uh, this match will serve as the rubber match in Okada and Ibushi's 2019 and 2020 trilogy. Um, both wrestlers entered G1 Climax 30 with what I would say is, is very little momentum. Um, Okada had a nice run through the New Japan Cup, but he was uh, stopped by Evil in the final of the sim- single elimination tournament. Um, since then, he hasn't had a match with uh, truly meaningful stakes attached to it because he's been, uh, we'll say, distracted by the uh, the stipulation-heavy KOPW championship um, that is currently held by Toru Yano. So that got Okada booked second on the card at New Japan's uh, most recent 10 pole event summer struggle in Jingu. So um, Okada does enter this G1 Climax without the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship for just the second time in six years. So we can assume that Okada intends on using this G1 to set himself up for a a heavyweight championship match on uh, New Japan's biggest stage. So uh, Okada's most recent memory of the G1 certainly isn't a fond one either. So just over a year ago, Okada was pinned by Kota Ibushi. Um, and on the final night of, of a block competition in really the, the final match of a block competition, uh, sending Ibushi through to the finals to face Jay white. And, uh, that match would set him up to, to be the G to would set Ibushi up to be the G one climax winner and, uh, go on and challenge Okada for his uh, heavyweight championship belt at Wrestle Kingdom, which was uh, really the second match of their trilogy. So uh, Ibushi uh, really had a a great end of the G1 last year. He won six straight matches uh, to put himself into that contention during last year's final block night. Um, But that was really Ibushi's high point. Uh, He defeated Jay White in the G1 final. He defended his right to challenge briefcase a few times as 2019 wound down. But once uh, Wrestle Kingdom and the double gold dash rolled around, Ibushi wasn't able to leverage his momentum to uh, any victory in the Tokyo Dome. He's the uh, the only guy involved in the double gold dash that lost um, both of his matches. Um, one to Okada in a rematch of the, um, the block finals and one to Jay White, which was a rematch of um, Ibushi's um G1 final. So, um since then Ibushi's really shifted his focus to the tag team division, uh winning but then subsequently losing the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championships with his partner Hiroshi Tanahashi. So, these guys are both coming in uh into this matchup from different places, but they're both top-tier competitors, clearly main event caliber. Uh either of them could certainly go on a tear and win a G1 Climax as they've proven in the past. So, um Historically, Okada 
uh, performs really well in the G1. He's um, His last five tournaments, he's averaged 13 points, which is the highest over that time period. Um, and in 2019's tournament, Okada, as the champion, had the longest average losing match length by a mile. So he came in at 27-27, um, while the next longest in the tournament was actually Kota Ibushi at 20-01. So Okada, uh, that, you know, that tournament did feature the longest uh, match in G1 Climax history that uh, actually ended with a finish when Okada lost to Sonata in 29 minutes and 47 seconds, so only 13 seconds left on the uh, the 30-minute time limit. So only Kenny Omega has a longer average match length than Okada among competitors in the last 10 years who have competed in more than one tournament. Um, over the course of 2018 and 2019, though, Kota Ibushi was in the finals both years. So he is kind of at the top of his game and has a good thing going here with the G1. And his 14-win total over the course of the last two tournaments ties him with uh, Tetsuya Naito over 2017 and 2018 for the most victories across two tournaments. If we pivot here and look at 2020, though, um, we have a kind of a mixed bag between these two. So um, Kazuchika Okada does have eight singles wins in 2020. Um, those are the most in New Japan. And his 11 singles matches are also the, the most of any New Japan uh, competitor aside from the three young lines that are actually joining this G1 Climax Tour. So um, Ibushi, though, has only one singles victory, and that came against Zack Sabre Jr. in round one of the New Japan Cup when he was then subsequently eliminated by, uh, by Tai Chi. So Okada's nine singles victories over the last 365 days also leads New Japan. Um, and the other cool thing about Okada right now is that uh, his five winning submissions over the course of 2020 are the most in the company. Uh, something certainly to keep an eye on is whether Okada stays committed to the, the money clip, which is what he calls his Cobra Clutch, or if the Rainmaker makes a return in what is sure to be his toughest test since returning from pandemic hiatus. So, uh, so that's our main event. And before that, we're going to have Shingo Takagi facing off against Jay White in our semi-main event. Jay White enters his third G1 climax with a Bullet Club-sized chip on his shoulder. The native New Zealander has been outside of Japan since February, and after ripping through the B block in last year's G1 climax, White looks to uh, finish the job this year. So he was in the the final last year against Kota Ibushi. He was not able to uh, come out of that victorious, and um, certainly he looks to be the winner in this year's G1. So Shingo Takagi looking to improve on his middle-of-the-pack performance in last year's G1. Shingo tied 11 other G129 competitors with 8 points. Since then, Shingo has won and defended the Never Openweight Championship in an establishing championship reign that could catapult him into contention during this year's tournament. Um, Jay White has really good history over the past two G1 climaxes, averaging 12 points uh, in his first two tournaments, which is really good for someone just entering the tournament. White's 632 winning percentage in G1 matches is second best among this year's G1 competitors. Only uh, Kazuchika Okada at 676 is better. Um, in 2020, or really over the last 365 days, Jay White has been victorious in 11 of his last 13 singles matches. Uh, unfortunately for the Switchblade, Jay White, the two matches that he lost over that period had hardware attached to them. So keep an eye out on those high-stakes matches with Jay White. Uh, he lost last year's G1 Climax Final to Kota Ibushi, and then he lost his Intercontinental Championship on Night 1 of Wrestle Kingdom. 
So in that same time period that Jay White has produced that 11-2 record, Shingo's just 8-7, and seven, uh, including losing four straight matches in the middle of last year's G1. So that's probably something that you'd imagine Shingo wants to avoid this year is uh, really losing all those matches kind of in the in the heart of in in the middle in the heart of the the tournament here so um jay white and shingo have only met once in singles action uh shingo was white's second b block victim during last year's tournament as he went on to win the block on a six match winning streak so it's a relatively fresh matchup uh with jay white facing shingo takagi for just the second time and uh, it'll be interesting to see if Shingo Takagi has strategized his way into defeating Jay White or if um, Jay White is really ready to step back into this New Japan uh, top tier heavyweight you know, positioning. Also on the card is um, a match that I'm sure a lot of people circled when the blocks were announced and then uh, were potentially surprised when it landed third from the top of a card. Uh, perennial G1 Climax MVP Tomohiro Ishii faces off against never openweight champion Minoru Suzuki in a match that's sure to be uh, violent at, at the very least. So, In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club Slab Pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous round bag of cards and yeah you can open it and look it's going to be junk you're you, you know what i mean like you know what you're probably going to get in those maybe you find that fun and sometimes i do sometimes i like just opening up cards and saying oh, hey look at some random cards or whatever but if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being you know almost nothing you know nothing of value not with arena club you can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, you know, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Off again, that's arena club.com slash VOW net, arena club.com slash VOW net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. 
and we thank them for sponsoring the Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network. Um, the thing about this match, there, there's not a ton on, on my end, right? So there's not a ton in the statistics and research to go with. Uh, these guys do have some history, and, and we'll walk through a little bit of that. Um, and uh, this year's been a little bit different than, say, like last year for Suzuki. But um, a lot of what we're going to see, a lot of the conversation we're going to see about this match is going to be about kind of traditional match quality. Um, so the, the preview... Uh, will be much less exciting probably than the the review. So, uh, of note, Ishii and Suzuki have competed in a combined 15 G1 Climax tournaments, and uh, neither has ever won a block or participated in the final. So, um, this match also features the two most similar G1 Climax win-loss differentials on tonight's card at uh, 39 seconds, positive 39 seconds for Minoru Suzuki and positive 32 seconds for Tomohiro Ishii. So, win-loss differential, what that is, is is you take the losing match time uh, and you subtract the winning uh, match time, so it probably averages, and that gives you your differential. And, and, and really what that is shows you is if you're losing long and winning short, um, that's good because your losses are going to take more toll on your competitors and you're going to be showing that you're, you're obviously um, a tougher competitor to beat. Now, if you're, if your winning match length is quick, um, it's the opposite. So you're, you're showing that you're, you're dominant. So that's why we look at uh, win loss differential. That's definitely something that'll come up throughout the tournament. So something worth noting today. Um, So, from there, so 2020, um, Suzuki is two and two. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii is three and two. So uh, Suzuki has saved his singles matches this year for events with higher stakes, um, which I think is a little bit different than last year. So he faced John Moxley for the IWGP United States Championship at New Beginning. Uh, he competed in the New Japan Cup, and then he defeated Shingo Takagi for the Never Openweight Championship. Um, Suzuki's inclusion in this year's G1 after being out uh, last year's tournament continues that trend so um ishii opened up his singles calendar in 2020 by defeating evil at new beginning in sapporo before losing a never openweight championship match against shingo takagi in february uh ishii rattled off two wins in the new japan cup before being defeated by hiromu takahashi in the quarterfinals uh these guys have fought four times um three times in 2018 all for the uh rev pro british heavyweight championship and they, uh, they fought once in 2013. They are 2-2 two and two on their career series with Ishii with a, a two-match winning streak coming into this match. Like I said, not a ton of statistics to go over or not a ton uh, of research to go through with these guys, but uh, certainly a, a match to watch for. So um, second on the card, or second on the G1 card at least, we've got Jeff Cobb and Taichi. Uh, both of them looking to improve on their eight-point performances during their G1 debuts last year. Uh, Cobb uh, arrives on a two-match losing streak in singles matches in New Japan, uh, losing two in a row to Kenta on NJPW Strong. Taichi is coming off a challenging defense of his IWGP Tag Team Championship at NJPW's last major show, uh, Summer Struggle in Jingu. So, um, on the surface... Uh, their G1s last year were super, super similar. So nearly identical, actually. So um, when we look at really just like the baseline of stats, they're both four and five. They both had uh, an average match length of 12 minutes and 20 seconds and 12 minutes and 30 seconds. Um, and like total match lengths right around uh, one hour and 51 or one hour 52. So um, really, really similar tournaments for these guys on the surface. But once you 
if you go in and you look at some of those details, so we're talking about average losing match length or average winning match length, they're actually flipped. They're opposite. So Jeff Cobb was dominant in his victories, averaging uh, 1054. Um, second fastest in his block behind only, um, you know, quick and sneaky Toru Yanu. Um, and Taichi needed an extra three and a half minutes just to finish off those those four victories, landing his average at 14 minutes and, and 24 seconds. So Cobb's average losing match length landed at 13.29, while uh, Taichi lost in two and a half minutes faster, averaging 10.59. So um, it, it it's fair to say Cobb actually had a a much better tournament statistically than than Tai Chi, though really kind of like I said on those baseline stats, they look they look super similar. If we go in and drill down and look at uh, 2020, it looks like Tai Chi's remedied that that stamina issue that he he may have found last year during the G1. So um, right now he's averaging 20 minutes for his average winning match length. Um, which is fifth highest in New Japan among wrestlers with at least three matches. Um, so he's behind only Tetsuya Naito, Evil, Kazuchika Okada, and Shingo Takagi. So that's kind of that's that's a top tier group. It'll be kind of interesting to see if that trend carries through the G1. If Taichi's able to um, win some matches and outlast certain competitors here, especially a guy like Jeff Cobb, um, when you look at what they, how they were producing last year. So, um, on, on Cobb's side, he, he's been busy. Um, only Kazuchika Okada has participated in more New Japan singles matches than Cobb so far in 2020. Um, so Cobb's involvement in New Japan of America has kept him busy. Um, all nine of those 2020 singles matches that he's, um, participated in for New Japan have taken place on American soil. Um, tai Chi and Cobb have faced each other twice, uh, both last year. They split the series. Um, tai Chi beat Jeff Cobb for the Never Openweight Championship, and Jeff Cobb defeated Tai Chi in the G1 Climax. So, uh, again, interesting to see where we're headed with this, where um, if Tai Chi's been able to improve or if Cobb's conditioning and ability to continue working through the pandemic will end up paying off. So, um, And our first G1 Climax block match of the night will be Will Ospreay uh, versus Yujiro Takahashi. Uh, Will Ospreay returns to Japan for the first time since February, and now he's a true heavyweight. If you've um, seen a picture of him lately or, or watched any of the Rev Pro work he's done, he's a big, beefy boy now. So um, Osprey looks to improve on that eight-point performance in, in, in his G1 debut last year, um, and he has to be considered the favorite uh, tonight in his first matchup of G130 against Yujiro Takahashi, who is participating in his first G1 Climax since a six-point performance in 2015. It kind of knocked him out of the, uh, the standard uh, continued contention. Um, these two competitors are certainly on the opposite ends of their careers, with uh, Osprey seeking his long-term lane in the heavyweight division and uh, Yujiro uh, probably very confused as to why he's booked in the uh, in the G1 climax. So, um, you know, statistically, again, if you look at really just like baseline stats, Yujiro has significantly more G1 climax experience than Osprey. But um, when you take five years off of the G1, it's uh, it's kind of a different ball game. So, Yujiro also. Uh, very, very low on the, the stamina scale. So at a 9.44 average G1 match length, um, second shortest among this year's competitors. Again, only Toriano at 7.56 has shorter matches on average. Um, Takahashi's 365 G1 winning percentage is second worst among this year's competitors. 
Only Yoshihashi at 296 has a worse winning percentage in the G1. And uh, excluding finalists Kota Ibushi and Kazuchika Okada, Osprey's 18-minute and 17-second average match length was the longest in last year's tournament. His average losing match length of 2056 was only shorter than Kazuchika Okada's G1 record of 27-27. Now, 2020, we look at 2020, things are... um, even more confusing between these two wrestlers. So, um, Will Ospreay wrestled in 33 New Japan singles matches last year, producing a 22 and 11 record. And through eight and a half months this year, Osprey has wrestled in two. Neither were successful. Uh, Osprey lost his junior heavyweight championship to Hiromu Takahashi at Wrestle Kingdom, and the last time we saw him in a New Japan ring, he lost a uh, Rev Pro championship match to Zack Saber Jr. at New Beginning in Sapporo. Uh, Osprey has worked a little bit outside of Japan. He did defeat Zack Sabre Jr. in a rematch for the Rev Pro Heavyweight Championship at uh, Rev Pro's High Stakes. Um, he has had two singles matches in England between February and now. And, uh, it, you know, it would be interesting to see, and, and, and time will really tell whether the time off has been good for Osprey, who is surely battered after 11 hours, 25 minutes, and 35 seconds of New Japan singles match time in, in, in 2019. And uh, this year, he's under an hour so far. So he's had time to rest, and it'll be, uh, you know, hopefully that was that was good for his body. So, um, Yujiro did not participate in, in a single singles match in uh, 2019, and his 2020 thus far has been uh, mostly unimpressive. Uh, Yujiro defeated Mysterioso Jr. on the new beginning in the USA Tour, and his three losses have come at the hands of Hiroshi Tanahashi, Hiroki Goto, and Kazuchika Okada. So that, that higher level or even that mid-tier with um, Hiroki Goto, um, Yujiro doesn't seem to be able to to pull off the victory. So uh, curious what the strategy will be here for him. So uh, these guys have never faced each other, so this will be their first singles match. And hopefully they're able to uh, set the tone for where we're headed with the G1 Climax as they will be the first match that we see from G1 Climax 30. So that's all I've got for you today. We've previewed all five of the G1 Climax block matches on the September 19th card. Um, Just a programming note, I do plan on getting these up as early as I possibly can. Uh, Got a little bit behind uh, prepping kind of some major projects as we rolled into G1 Climax 30, but now I think I'll be able to do these um, probably on the day that uh, the previous card happens. So like, uh, you know, night one, like tomorrow, potentially I'll be able to put out the the night three um, audio or at least record it. And, and that'll go up with a little bit more time for you guys to check it out and get caught up on where we're at with the G1 Climax. So um, obviously check me out on Twitter. I am the Chris Samsa. You can find all of my work at sportofprowrestling.com and all of my written previews at voicesofwrestling.com, of course. And, uh, you know, normally I'm up uh, live tweeting all the shows and, and whatnot. So so drop me a follow on Twitter. I would look forward to interacting with you guys and let me know what you want to see from these. I uh, appreciate you checking it out. And I will see you next time on the Sport of Pro Wrestling podcast.